Hello, friends. I'm Mallory, and this is the Woven in Truth podcast. We hope you're having a good day. And if you're not, we hope this helps. <laughs> um, this podcast is a platform for women to get some helpful, meaningful, spiritual content from other women just in order to inspire us, empower us, and just connect with each other. And uh, all of that is why I'm so excited about today's conversation. Because um, I just feel like it's so in line with um, our values and our mission, even as a platform. Um, I'm just really excited about our guest and her new book, Jen Schultz. Thank you so much for joining me again. Well, thanks for having me. I'm just excited to chat with you. You were the first person I ever did a podcast with. Is that That's crazy? right. And now you have your own podcast. I have my own. It's on hiatus, but I have one now. <laughs> Life has changed so much since I talked to you last time. I know. It's crazy. I don't even. Yeah, you didn't have your baby last time we talked. And now you have, no, oh I have my a gosh. baby now. <gasps> I have a book now. And I have a podcast now. Look Lots of life you. has happened. Yeah. I like that you said pod. Your podcast hiatus. I always call it a podbatical because I'm like, I want to oh, make it that. sound spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure there's another word for it, but I like that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we both, yeah, I get it. You know, you got to like, uh, got to pick a direction here and there. And you have a new book that's huge. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. It's oh, so God every step of the way. Um, but I don't even know if I have time to get into that, but it's just amazing. Oh God my gosh. So well, it it's so good. Like, I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not kidding. You've, oh, I, I've always said this. I said this last time you were on, like, you're a brilliant writer. You can articulate things so well. And, um, I can just tell you're a deeply spiritual woman. Like, I just love you. And, um, I'm excited about this book and I'm excited for this conversation just to kind of, even our listeners that maybe don't have it or, haven't heard about it yet just to get a uh, like a little bit of a taste and some interest because I feel like this topic is so relevant and helpful and like I said completely in line with everything we try to do at Woven in Truth um so um yeah like I said it's I'm excited I don't even think I've told everyone the title yet it's called She's Not Your Enemy <laughs> <laughs> and then um what has this season been like for you I know you said it's been a lot and a lot's different but what what's it been like what has it been like I I think it's everything I expected and nothing I expected like I <laughs> like life <laughs> I, life well life the book coming out like you I I worked so hard to get to this place where I would be able to write a book uh-huh um, I got the contract. That was amazing. I yeah. found out I was pregnant a couple months later, or a couple weeks after that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, God, yeah, <laughs> yeah. take the wheel. <laughs> uh, we, I, it, it was a crazy year of writing it. There were a lot of ups and downs. Uh -huh. um, we actually lost my mother-in-law last year as well. I'm so, so it, sorry. <sighs> and you know, it just was a lot all at uh -huh. once. And, um, I, I can say through all of it, like God showed up and walked with me through mm -hmm. every single thing, uh, mm -hmm. through the really sick early days of being pregnant mm -hmm. and through writing this book, through um, just that that time of grief that we're still working through mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. um, having COVID for the part, you know, just like all the things yeah, uh, all that the things. happened last year, God showed up in every single one of them and walked me through writing this book. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, it was kind of this whole, like, it's such a long process to write a book. Like I started writing it at the beginning of 2022 and only just came out, uh, in September. So right. I, um, it's, you know, you write it, then you edit it, then you, uh, you're, I was working with a publisher to edit it and, um, getting ready to launch it. And now I'm kind of in this weird place of like, it's launched, it's out there and I'm still talking about it and I'm still sharing about it, but I'm also like, what comes next? Like, yeah. what, what do I do now? I want to write another book. I'm hoping uh -huh. that that happens, uh -huh. but I'm still very much in the process of this book. So it's just kind of a weird place. I'm like, what's next God? And he's like, no, 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 you need to be right here right now. <laughs> well, now you can just enjoy the process of all of us loving it. <laughs> oh, I would love that. Yes. I have every time I hear from somebody, I'm like, really? Like, do you, you liked it? <laughs> oh, that's so great. <laughs> it really means the world. Yeah. So, well, I'm so sorry. This last season was just so layered for you and heavy, but also so, so in some ways so beautiful and mm -hmm like so much creation and new life. And I, I just think, um, 
it comes through in your words. Like you are not a cheesy, surfacey writer. Like you express things that are very meaningful and um, it that comes through. You know, your walk with God comes through and we're inspired by that. So I would love to dive in and unpack a little bit of what you were spending so much time on in addressing in this book. It's kind of helping us identify, navigate, and overcome the comparison traps and toxic competition that are so prevalent in our society and honestly in a lot of our hearts, right? Like if I'm being honest. So as we kind of dive into the content here, what prompted you to write this particular thing? Like she's not your enemy. And why do you feel like it's important for this cultural moment? Gosh, those are two two big questions. Mm-hmm. I think the first is what prompted it. I think I have always struggled with comparison. Mm. Uh, I think most of us do, yeah. if, if we're being honest. Uh, but I, I was kind of frustrated with the whole, like, just get over it kind of mentality that we approach it with. Right. Like, like stop. Just, yeah. Just stop doing it. Just, you know, <laughs> comparison is the thief of joy. Well, just stop doing it. And then you'll yeah. be happy. Yeah. I got frustrated with that. I was like, there's so much more here. And I right. think a lot of my writing within the past couple of years has been focused on, uh, just being shame free with yes. God. Yes. And, um, I think there was a lot of shame built around it. Like, mm am I still stuck in this? Why can't I let this go? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, there's more, there's more to this than just stop. So mm-hmm. I had that kind of going on. Um, I remember around the same time I started watching this TV show where I, um, I was happy with one of the characters, but every single other character I started writing off immediately. Like I was like, I don't <laughs> like her. She's too put together. I could never relate to her. I don't like her. I don't like him. He's too arrogant. He's annoying. Like he just needs to be out of the picture. And I wrote every single character off. And then the the way the show went, it it started revealing these, these hidden things about these characters that you yeah. didn't know before. And they started becoming more human instead of being like the villain or the right. stereotype. It right. was like- Oh, this is this is an actual person. Obviously, like they're characters, <laughs> so they're not actual people. <laughs> but I, it just made me think about the fact that once we like strip away kind of the pretenses and the images that we mm. put up in front of other people, there's so much more. There's just this story behind um, this person and 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 whatever they're trying to project onto the world. Right. And what if we opened up to that? How would our lives look different if we really allowed people to show up as they really are? And so all of these kind of questions just came together. And I remember coming up with that phrase, definitely from God, but, you know, she is not your enemy. And I I posted it. It was one of those like memes on Instagram and people responded so uh, strongly to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not really me versus her. It feels like it sometimes it feels like it's me versus the person that I can never agree with, or it's me versus the person that is so together that I have nothing to do with. Um, but there's, there's so much more to it than that, um, than just stop and so much more to it than let me write this person off because we could never connect. We could never have a relationship. So exactly. uh, Yeah, that's kind of what happened out of that. And I I felt like the timing going into your second question, the timing was so significant because we're coming out of a pandemic uh, with, you know, mandated quarantine. We're lonely, like studies show that we're lonelier than ever. We're more divided than ever. We feel disconnected from people. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing is we're also hyper connected to people we have you know at the palm in the palm of our hands we have access to all this information about people all the time true um this skewed information because it's only what they choose to share right um we don't have the whole story so we're in that kind of stage of like oh i can i can find out this information about this person and write them off completely um, right because i don't know the whole story and so i i just feel like it's this is the time where we need to start dealing with those deeper issues that are turning into comparison and competition. Um, we've got to start really addressing the hard stuff and getting right. to the heart of it. Right. Um, so I feel like now, now is the time to do that. I thought it was interesting too. There's um, the Surgeon General of the United States just put out this this study about loneliness and is saying it's an epidemic. Oh yeah. And I'm like, Oh, coming out of a pandemic. Okay. The word epidemic is very triggering, yes, but, yes. Um, but we don't take loneliness that seriously. We don't mm. see it that way. And the more I dug into it, the more research I found about how loneliness affects our physical health as well as our mental health. Oh, totally. Cause, uh, 
early death that can cause um, strokes and heart attacks and all kinds of things, mm-hmm. but we don't take it very seriously. And, uh, and just all of it came together. Sorry, I'm going on and on, but all of it came together. And I was like, this is the devil. Like, yes. this is exactly yes. what he wants. He wants us in this place. He wants us isolated. He wants us lonely and fearful mm-hmm. and um, at, at odds with each other because it's yeah. so much easier for him to take us out that way. So yeah. all of it, I know it's a lot, but all of it kind of came together. No, that's know, perfect. And it makes sense. And I think that is what happens when you're, you're following the spirit, like everything starts coming together and it's like, exactly. Oh, this right. is all connected. This isn't, <laughs> this isn't out of God's control or out of his plan. And like, he doesn't have answers for this. He does. Right. There's, there's a spiritual battle that's happening and I think it can be easy to get fixated on all the different symptoms Mm -hmm. and that's why I'm glad you're taking the time to help us kind of dig in a little bit and explore even within ourselves and our own souls like like what can we do to Mm -hmm. to help ourselves to help our community to help our relationships you know um and how can we posture ourselves in a way that we are welcoming whatever God's truth is speaking into all of this confusion and lies and like you said Cause, um, I also like that you said something about comparison. Cause I used to hear that too. Like comparisons, joy, don't do it. But it's like, okay. But like, I think as literally as humans, part of us are created to do that. Cause like, that's how we learn to like exist in a society. Like you start looking around and going, oh, nobody else is like wearing their pants on their head. Okay. I guess I wear my pants on. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, it's interesting too. It's, there's where we do it naturally and instinctively. Right. I'm like, why, why is this, this thing that I do naturally and instinctively, I just have to get rid of. And I just have to stop doing, there's so much more to it. Exactly. So once I dig into it, there's, um, there's actually research that was done in the sixties that talks about um, comparison is actually healthy. There's to it. There's, um, they help us to figure out where we belong and yeah. who our people are and yeah. who our people are not. That's an important thing <laughs> Yeah, help us to figure out what we have to contribute and what other people have to contribute to us. And it helps us to even find motivation and encouragement. Um, there are definitely healthy aspects to comparison. Right. And, uh, so instead of just writing it off and saying, we're done with that, we're not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we can understand it better, it can actually serve us well instead yes. of, you know, it becoming this toxic thing. It, there is a line at which you go from being healthy in your comparison to being unhealthy. Exactly. And that's what you help us see in the book. And I think that's, what's so helpful is because like you said, when we're just like, well, don't do it. It's like, uh, but wait, like there's mm-hmm. so many aspects of that. Like the women I surround myself, I do compare myself to in sometimes healthy ways. Cause I'm like, this woman has strengths that I don't have that I aspire to or characteristics that I'd like to grow in, in like a healthy way. Not like, Oh, she, cause I know I have different strengths and I have different gifts than her. So I love that you kind of like address that nuance, but then also talk about that. If we're not careful though, there are a lot of traps that I feel like Satan uses to get us stuck, to divide us and to fracture what is already fractured, you know? So I love it. And I think you're right. Like we all, so if she's not our enemy, like this, you know, hypothetical (laughs) woman, uh, we all know who is right. First Peter five, eight, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Um, why, why do you think it's so easy though for us to make other women the enemy, like in particular, like, what is it? What do you think about that? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, there's so much to that in particular. I, I was thinking of the verse Ephesians or the, the verse in Ephesians six, where it talks about our, our battle is not against the the people of this world right. basically i'm totally totally paraphrasing this yeah. but our battle is not against people of this world it's against the rulers and the authorities of evil like yes. that's that's yes. who our enemy is paul says it right and i think he knew i think he knew that that was an issue that we would we would try to take it out on each other instead of the real enemy right. um and the reason that we do that Gosh, there are so many reasons. I think one of them is just this this fear of scarcity. We fear mm, that there mm. is not enough to go around. Yep. And so if he has it, I can't have it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a whole nother, like, there are so many studies on that and, and what prompts us to live like that. And yet the Bible says that perfect love drives out fear. God's perfect love is what knocks that out of the water. We don't have to live in scarcity. God is abundant. Yes. <laughs> He's gracious with us. He gives yes. us all good things, all good gifts, everything we need. 
Um, but we can fall for the lie that there is only so much to go around. And if she has it, I can't have it. So there's that aspect of it. I think also we, we really have these, these deep questions that we're constantly asking that are important questions, things like, am I loved? Mm -hmm. Am I seen? I know you just, uh, one of the most recent episodes is talking about being seen and known. We want to know that we're seen and we're known and uh, that we have a purpose, that we belong. These are important questions. And I think when we compare in an unhealthy way, we're looking at people to answer those questions instead of God. Ooh. We're yeah. looking around at other people and saying, well, she's she has everything she wants. Yep. You know, supposedly she has everything she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, God must love her more than he loves me because mm. he's giving her exactly the thing that I want. Mm. Uh, she must be a better person than me because she has what she wants or she's doing this great thing. Mm. I remember feeling that, and I write about it in the book, just when I was going through a season of infertility, mm-hmm. I would look at other women who were getting pregnant and I'd go, she must be more faithful than me. She must be mm. doing better things than me. She must be more loved by God than me. And it just it it tore me down, tore me apart. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would look at them and then I'd look at God and, and it was so backwards. I'd be like, well, because of this, then mm-hmm. this, because she has this, God doesn't love me so much. And then it would put me at odds with God too, not just with mm-hmm. her, or with God. Yeah. And so it just created this horrible, like downward spiral that was so hard to escape from. Right. When really at the end of the day, I needed to go to God with these questions and these insecurities. I needed right. to talk to him first. I needed right. to work out my heartbreak with him personally, mm-hmm. one-on-one, instead of looking at other people and coming to conclusions about him. Yeah, um, That's not how he wanted it. So I think those are kind of two of the reasons that comparison can be such a big deal right. because these, yeah. these things mean so much to us. We want mm-hmm. them so badly. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to answer these questions in the affirmative so badly, but- yeah you know, we can't see the answers because we're not going to God for them. Yes, that is so good. And I think it's, it's, you nailed it. You totally nailed it. And it's like, it almost feels like it's just easier to like make it about people or Mm -hmm. others than like actually go explore the hard questions that we may or may not get an answer to. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that's, it's so much easier just to like make it about people or somebody else or something simpler um, and just project our energy onto that, then like really yeah. sit with the the hard things and really honestly, ultimately trust God, which is, I know it's, it's, I'm glad you hit that too. Like these things are so important to us. I don't think anyone wants to be like this. Nobody wants to just tear down other women or compare ourselves or judge other people. Like we don't want to get like that. But I think like if we believe these lies that were offered, it's just easier to go down that road instead of really putting ourselves before God and and letting him kind of help us explore and examine these things. And kind of what you just said though, kind of brings me into my next question and topic I wanted to hit on a little bit. Cause honestly, your book isn't, this is what I loved about it. I was a little surprised. Like it's not just about unhealthy comparison and how to stop. It's, it's literally like you go to the root issue that it's a spiritual battle and that honestly, ultimately it's an identity issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, can you explain why identity is the big issue? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it really goes back to those, those deep questions. Um, and there's, I really wanted to encourage women not to feel shame around comparison uh, right. because it does right. go back to these, these deep questions that we're trying to get resolved and answered. Um, I do think sometimes with, when we're feeling like when, when I think about the fact that I'm compare comparing myself or like if I do because we're in infertility right now when I'm thinking about oh this friend is pregnant again like and I'm just so like oh it's so hard to see it's so hard to you know like and then I feel bad then I feel like what is wrong with you Mallory like there's a lot of shame around that so I'm kind of actually glad you went there a little bit yeah I mean it it really there's so much shame around around it and we there's so much grace that we want mm-hmm. good things i think mm-hmm. that's the important thing that i want to get across to people is we want good things even when we're kind of lost in the scroll right like we're yeah. looking through other we're looking at what other people are doing and what mm-hmm. they're posting we want good things we want to be connected to people yes but the danger of that is it's it's not real healthy engaging interactive connection yes. it is kind of the 
the snack, right? Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not really filling the hunger. It's just kind of satisfying me for a little while. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm still left hungry because I'm not, I'm not really deeply engaging with people. I'm yeah. not um, leaving, feeling really close to people. I'm leaving kind of knowing them a little bit better in an anonymous way and right. making a lot of assumptions about their lives. Um, and at the core of it, I just really want to connect. It's not yeah. because I, I, enjoy like just looking at other people's lives and then feeling bad about myself it's like <laughs> no I just really want to connect with people yeah and I really want uh in my identity I really want to know that I'm loved and I'm seen and I'm known by God um yeah. that I it's I'm not some you know extra part in this this whole mm. machine that is the world like yeah. I I'm I'm purposeful and useful and God loves me and he is with me and yeah. he's, he understands the the heartache and the struggle that I'm going through as well. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, it really is an identity thing. It's not really, you know, why is she so much better than me or why is she so much worse than me? Mm -hmm. It's it's so much about who we are. It's about knowing who God is and what he says about us right. and that will change everything. Um, yeah. It changes your whole perspective. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's, that's spot on. And I think it's like, because if my, I, I agree with you that it's an identity issue. It's not even, the comparison is not the issue and we're not bad people for going there. It's like human, but it's like, what do we do with it? And I think you're right. Like the, the real questions we're asking is about ourselves. And when I'm looking at other women and using them to determine my worth, my value and who I am, that's always gonna not necessarily be in line with God's truth. And I think that's why you're right. It's an identity thing of if I'm using other people in my life to get something from them or to compare myself and either feel better or feel worse, I'm not really honoring myself or them as created in the image of God. And like, we all matter. And I think that's, that's where I can get off, right? Like this is where we can, I think Satan can take these things that come somewhat normally and then warp them you know and yeah. get us to believe that who I think she thinks I am is who I am you know right. or like mm -hmm. whatever it's so convoluted I know I know it's so complicated <laughs> and really the simple hard thing the simple but hard thing is to take it to God yeah. and let's let me work it out with him I love that uh, simple but there's hard there's always grace there yeah. it's simple but it's hard and there's yeah. always so much more grace than than you were expecting yeah so and a lot of this book I keep going back to just good theology if we can get our perspective of God on straight and who he is what he says about us the right. promises that he makes and fulfills in our lives it just shifts your whole perspective of how you look at everything else. Instead of going to other people, you're going to God first. And, right. Um, and, you're, and you're rooting yourself completely in your identity in him. So I love it that. makes all the difference. That's, that's what we do. We kind of start every chapter that way is, you know, let's talk about God first. Let's, yeah. let's, you know, let's not make it about this issue with this woman. Let's start with God and, and the real questions that we're asking and the real um, answers that God gives us. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, it makes yeah. me think of that. I love this quote in your book. It says, our view of God, who he is, and he says we are, makes all the difference in how we interact with those around us. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's really true. It's really true. If we don't start there with that relationship, the most important relationship, it affects all of our other relationships. Um, I also like that you address, you talked about scarcity a little bit, which, whoa, that's huge. Um, I've dug into the kind of scarcity versus growth mindset stuff. And um, I see why God cares so much about our minds, right? And where we set so our minds because yeah. it can change everything and take us in directions that we do actually not want to go. Um, you also address the lie of inadequacy in your book. Um, that's kind of a recurring thing too. Can you unpack that a little bit? What is the lie of inadequacy? I think I, for me, we'll look at other people around and we'll see just how much I lack as compared mm -hmm. to them, whether it's what they have or who they are. Uh, I think I would always walk into a room and feel like, how do I make myself fit? How do I make myself belong? How can I, mm -hmm. um, you know, not feel like the only one who does not fit or belong in this situation mm -hmm. right now? Um, and that there's so much rooted in that. Like I, I share a story in the book about how, when I was younger, this girl said in front of a bunch of friends, like, oh, Jen, you're so weird. Mm -hmm. And it's so silly. Like, I'm like 
I, I call my kids weird. Like, we're, you know, it, it wasn't what she said. It really had nothing to do with that, but it had everything to do with feeling like you don't belong. Yeah. Everybody else knows it and can see it. And that's embarrassing. How embarrassing for you that you didn't know mm. how unusual you are and how mm. odd you are. And mm-hmm. I went through life kind of holding on to that moment thinking, I'm I'm the weird one. I'm the odd one out. Like I'm I I don't function the same way normal human beings do. Like I'm just the weird one. Mm. And I I would go into every situation trying to overcompensate for that or or trying to hide. Mm-hmm. Uh just feeling like I'm not enough and I can't let anybody else know it. Right. And so it it just leads to this this lifestyle of making yourself small, feeling trapped, putting up a mask. Right. When I was just longing to be free and be myself and have that be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was kind of where inadequacy fit in was just, I, I don't measure up to other people. Um, what does that say about God? And what does that say about me and God? And what does mm-hmm. that say about me and other people? Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely got lost in that. And I, I, my desire with this book was to help women who have also felt that kind of shame, that feeling of inadequacy and that, that fear of anybody finding out that they're inadequate, uh, like they feel. And, right. um, just all of that. I just, I hated, I hated mm-hmm. that for myself. And I hate that for other women who are just right. trapped in that feel like they have to put on a mask or, you know, do a million things to be able to prove themselves. Uh, it's just, it's no way to live. And that's not what God had in mind for us at mm-hmm. all. So. Mm-hmm. And I do, I mean, it's just so sad when you do see this. I mean, I'm pretty lucky now. I'm not around a lot of women that are like tear down kind of women, but I have been at different times in my life. And that is a really, that's a really hard thing. Cause you know, and I think that comes though, like when I, when I can like change my lens, I'm a little older now. So I'm out of like some of that teenage drama and stuff, but it's like to look at it and go, Oh my gosh, like where that was probably coming from is that feeling of inadequacy, which I hope, and if, oh my goodness, if I ever did this to anyone, please let me know so I can apologize. But like, I hope I don't actually tear down people to make myself feel better to them. But I know that that comes in my head and in my heart and has at different times in my life because I'm trying to, to say, well, I'm not the only one that's inadequate. Like everyone, you know, like, and then I try to look for the bad instead mm-hmm. of honoring the good, not just in me, but also in others. And then I can't really let them just be who they are and let myself be who I am. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate that that thing you shared. It was, it was made me think of this kind of funny story where recently, luckily I embarrass myself all the time. So now I'm just used to it. So it, it has to be really bad for me to like actually get thrown off of embarrassment because I'm just really quirky. You know what I mean? Like I just, I like, I'm a, ma- a magnet for like embarrassing things to happen that now it has to be like level seven for me to even like blink. Okay. So we did this huge church service and, um, they had me MC it and it was at this like really cool concert hall. And I was so excited. It was like, so fun. I got a new blazer. It was like blush. I was like so just thriving. I'm looking for a good blush blazer. Oh girl. I'll, I'll send you mine. I don't think I've worn it since. So yeah. Anyways. Power jacket. That's what happens with those statement pieces. You're like, geez, now I'm worried. I don't know what to do next. So then I, um, so I'm up there and I like got into it. Right. I'm like, you know, kind of working the crowd, whatever. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Like making funny jokes, whatever. And then I get off the stage. So there's like over a thousand people there. And I like, sit in my seat for a second in the front row with my husband. And then I'm like, oh, I got to take my kid to the kid class. So I get up from the front row and I walk through the entire like uh, crowd while the next person, the next speaker's up, they're doing the welcome, whatever. So I'm walking through the crowd and I'm like finger pointing, like like living it up, thinking I'm like a rock star. (laughs) And everyone's kind of looking at me weird. I get to the very back. I walk through the entire crowd and get to the very, very back of the like, uh, it was like an outdoor amphitheater kind of thing. And this woman is chasing me down and she stops me. She goes, Mallory, Mallory, you have gum and paper stuck to your butt. Nobody could have stopped you along the way. Oh my gosh. Well, and I guess she'd been chasing me for a while. So maybe they thought, oh, she'll catch her. Well then, okay, this is hilarious. But the woman goes, 
this is so embarrassing for you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I wasn't aware. Thank you. It is very embarrassing. And then she proceeds to try to like scrape the gum off my butt, which then I have to like go in the bathroom. I'm like, thank you so much. I assume the best. Um, But it just was funny. And it made me think now that I'm older, it's like I can like move on and laugh about it. But I do think like sometimes we can get like what you said, like that embarrassment factor, that measure up factor. And then sometimes people will look at us and actually support those narratives and be like, yeah. (laughs) That's exactly what I needed to hear. Thank you. Thank you so much. It is truly embarrassing. Thank you for affirming that. (laughs) Thank you so much. Anyways, I'm so sorry. I had to derail us there and tell you that story because it's so glad I know that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It was the most humbling. I'm like, God, you totally allowed that to happen. And then I had to get back on stage so that was was that was a whole other thing hopefully you got back on stage all cleared yeah my kid bless her heart had to scrape the gum off my tush and she is forever you know in my heart for that um so (laughs) can we talk about rejection a little bit though I do feel like this kind of feeds off of that inadequacy thing and these like weird situations because I do want to validate that for a minute that like sometimes people do women do and say things that make it very hard to assume the best about their hearts and to really think, man, where is this coming from? And what can I value about this woman? Like sometimes there are just things that happen that make it very hard to hold that space for them and to remain loving. Um, You even say in the book, rejection is a pain you can actually feel in your body because social pain and physical pain activate the brain in the same places. Right. That that blew my mind because- when we're hurt by other women, it like physically hurts. Like yeah. that pit in your stomach, like, whoa, why does rejection hurt so much? And what would you tell us? How can we navigate that kind of pain? It just, I was so blown away to read that because mm-hmm. I, I know how it feels. It's hard to mm-hmm. describe sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's like it's this ache in my heart that I can't get rid of. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, that, that, pain in my stomach that that like pit in the in the middle of my stomach that I can't get rid of it's yeah. real yeah and uh so I just think it's so amazing that that's how God designed us is that our our bodies and our minds and our emotions they're all interconnected we yep. can't neglect it yep. we can't say oh it's not that big of a deal shake it off it's real and it it meant something to us and right. there's more there that we probably need to dig into and explore and uh rejection was that was one of the first chapters. It was a hard one to write um, because you, you can't just, it doesn't just end. Like it doesn't just stop. We're in a world where people, you know, feel better about themselves when they, they cast other people to the side. Um, I share about it in the, in the last um, kind of the wrap up chapter where, you know, I had just written this book or most of this book and I go to this event and I'm like, I don't have to talk to her. I'm already talking to people like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just, it's, it's instinctive. It feels good when we um, can kind of leave people out. It's just something that we do. And uh, yeah. so as naturally as it comes to feel pain when we're rejected, it comes just as naturally sometimes to just want to feel exclusive and want to feel, feel good about ourselves in that way. Um I think something that we need to remember is that we're, we're not meant to belong in this world. Like we, it's, Mm. it's just not ever something God promises for us is, Oh, you know, everybody will love you and you'll be fine. And you'll always be welcome at the table. And that's, that's not in this world. That's not a promise. That's not a guarantee. In fact, Jesus says the opposite. He says, people are going to reject you if you're with me. Um, You can't have it both ways. You can't be super popular here in this world. And also, you know, sit at God's table and be good to go with God. It's just not going to, they don't go in harmony with each other. And uh, so the encouraging thing about that is that there is a place for us, even Mm. if it's not here in this world, Mm. the good news is that we always belong with God. He invites us. He welcomes us. He adopts us. Like there's so much beautiful language in the Bible around how God feels about us Mm -hmm. and how we're part of his family, how he like Mm -hmm. will chase us down to, to, to be with us, you know, like he doesn't let anything get in the way of our relationship with him. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And it's hard sometimes because we we see the world around us and we feel that pain. Um, there's nothing that ever really just makes it go away. But I think it helps to to really start from that place of I always have a place where I belong, even if it's not with, you know, the women that had a girls night out and didn't invite me or, right. um, you know, that that one event that everybody went to that I'm the only person that didn't go mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um it, it starts with having that mentality. It starts with staying near to God um, and and having having the people around you that will bring you near to God as well. That yeah. makes such a huge difference. Um, right. Because even then there's always, even with your closest friends, I feel like there's always misunderstandings. There's always like moments where like, oh, I wish you had brought me with you or I wish you had told me about this secret or, you know, um, sometimes we reject people by accident. And it's, it's just because we're imperfect people. Right. Um, but I think if we're always going back to God to get the the relief and being close to him and finding our belonging with him, then it softens the blow when it comes to other people. Wow. Wow. And I, I, that was well said. And I think rejection goes right back to identity, right? Cause if you're, if all of our worth is wrapped up in acceptance and belonging, with humans, then if we're rejected, what does that say about our worth and value as people? It's devastating. And I'm glad you said that because I think there's a reason it hurts so much when we're rejected, right? Like God allows us to feel and experience pain in our bodies and in our hearts to detect that something's wrong, right? Mm -hmm. So we can get the help and healing we need. And I think that is a very real, very painful experience, rejection in general. But it's like, I think it identifies that we have such a huge need to belong. And I I think you're right. This core need we have to belong is put there by God, our creator, right? But it's like, there's never going to be an amount of belonging in this world that will actually fill that hole, right? It's, It's this eternal deeper meaningful belonging that we want because we don't want to just be in community we want we want to be a part of something meaningful and I think that's what we're offered through God but also through spiritual community like we're designed to be relational for a reason but we can't sometimes I think we take these things that we're designed for and like make them the goal as opposed to like God himself and I think that's where we can get a little bit off in a very I don't say that to add shame to this at all I think it's just a very natural normal and our society society does not help because it just perpetuates all this stuff so that's why all the more reason we need resources and to be intentional and aware to even identify hey where where is my perspective off like is my expectation off in this and how can I meet this need and not feel like garbage you know when I'm like scrolling or thinking through different situations um yeah so much of this is it's good desires that we have and God wants Mm -hmm. to fill those desires with Mm -hmm. good things, but we don't necessarily go to him to fill them. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's exactly what you said. And that's what I'm, I'm hoping that people will get out of this book is there's no shame here because you want something good. Right. Um, Isn't even any shame in like how you go about getting it. It's just, let's, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back to the one that can actually answer those questions for us in a meaningful and lasting way. Right. That's so cool. Well, I've kind of hinted to this earlier, but some people listening have women in their lives that really, really, really feel like the enemy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know yeah. what I mean? Like maybe there's been things done that are very harmful, hurtful, direct, you know, like statements that have been made. Like it's not even assumptions. It's like, okay, this person has issues with me. <laughs> how can we, uh, what would you say to us? Like, how can we nurture more empathy and compassion to women that we may have labeled as our enemies, especially if they have inflicted like very legitimate wounds, like what would you, what what would you recommend? Uh, I mean, again, starting with who God is and how he sees us, what he says about us and what is true for me is true for her as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you know, it's, it's, and vice versa, right? I think we can look at other people sometimes and think God really cares about her, but he doesn't care about me. No, God, mm-hmm. the, the truth of it is God loves us. He created us in his image. And before anything else, he called us good. Yeah. Um, so I, we have to start from that place, especially when we're looking at other people uh, and and saying she's, she's really the enemy. Like she, I don't know what's up with her, but she's clearly <laughs> not with God, you know, just all these things. Yeah. 
Um, but it's like, no, like God said the same thing about her that he said about me. Um, and he looks at her with compassion, with love, with grace, with, you know, good, good things. He wants to bless her and he wants her life to be good as well. So, um, there's a whole chapter in the book dedicated to, uh, just peacemaking basically. And, uh, the, the person that you feel in conflict with and, that was a hard one to write at first because I've always looked at peace as just not fighting. Like we should just not fight. Everybody should just get along, keep things status quo. Mm -hmm. Everything should be good. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember, and I wrote about it in the book, but there's this one part, there there was this one day when uh, somebody was sharing for the message at church on Sunday. And he's like, okay, we're going to talk about peace. And I was like, oh, I roll like, <laughs> sure. Like, of course, let's talk about peace again. You know, like it's 2020 or 2021. I'm like, mm-hmm. of course, we need to talk about peace. But in my mind, I was frustrated because I felt like everything was just keep things status quo and stop fighting about stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and it goes deeper than that, like with so many things. And uh, he went into the actual Hebrew word of shalom, mm-hmm. and it just blew my mind. Like, it was completely not this, like, you know, surfacey definition of peace that I'd always believed. It was, mm-hmm. like, caring about the well-being of, of everyone and wanting yeah. everyone to, to be well, to be at, at the best that they can be and have what they need. And that's what God wants for us, and that's mm-hmm. what we should want for each other. And, uh, I just felt so amazed by that. And, um, I I feel like I went off on a tangent, but I I just feel like that that's how God views us. He wants, wants the best for us. He wants our well-being, uh, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, he wants our well-being and, Mm -hmm. and we should desire that for each other. Um, so there was that aspect of it is, is how God looks at us. Um, just, being able to look at other people and see them the way that God sees them. And that right. takes prayer. That takes bringing things back to God for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, continually surrendering over your need to be right or your need to be, um, to feel like you have the upper hand. Right. Um, it, it's a lot of work with God. And yeah. uh, so there, I don't feel like there's any quick fixes with that, but I feel yeah. like those are some, some huge things. And then, uh, and then just, just um, I think, being able to to cultivate um, an environment of safety and vulnerability, if you can, being able to mm-hmm. have good, honest conversations um, mm-hmm. with that person, maybe having somebody else in the room, um, but you know, geared towards peace as far as you can you can manage oh, it. I like that. Um, that's important as well. And then uh, I think even uh, just you know having good boundaries. I think yeah. it always goes back to that, and that's a whole different chapter in the book. But yeah, having having strong boundaries and even being able to say, look, like I've done peace as far as I can with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's better that we don't go further into this. It's better that we don't talk about this thing that Mm -hmm. always puts us at odds. It's Mm -hmm. just better that I don't follow you on social media. It's just better that way. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so those are, that's kind of big, big picture down to small picture. But I feel like that's um, when it comes to the real the, the people in our lives that just feel like the real enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's how it goes. Well, and I think that's what your book does in general. It just helps us like stay focused on the root and like what really matters. Not that that, not that our hurt doesn't matter. It absolutely does. Mm-hmm. But I think um, just keep taking us back to God, right? Cause it's so much easier just to get focused on like the human aspect of all of this. And um, I feel like, um, for me, at least I can have a very quid pro quo kind of vibe when it comes to relationships, like transactional, like Uh, I'll be a good friend because I want a good friend. Like it's kind of about me, (laughs) which is really embarrassing to admit on a public podcast. But, um, I think like there's such a different way to do relationships in terms of God's kingdom, you know? And I think that it's cool. I mean, it's funny. We're actually going to release this right around the same time we're going to release a episode with Elizabeth Thompson and she has a new book called, um, uh, when a friendship falls apart. So I feel like hers like navigates some of those nitty gritty things, you know, but I've I think to read that it's amazing. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Oh, yes. I noticed she did one of your, I knew noticed she did one of your, um, 
what do you call it in the beginning? Like endorsements. Yeah. Endorsements. I, yeah. I actually did one for for her book as well. So oh, she, Elizabeth is amazing, and she's she's been with me through this process. I've asked her all the like hard questions. Yeah. Like, should I do that? What do I do now? Is this a thing? Like, <laughs> so she's been amazing. I'm so grateful for her. That's so and, cool. But it's kind of so. cool. I feel like the timing of this because I feel like yeah. I feel like I need both. I really do. I feel like, yeah. Okay. I. I, I want to have boundaries, not, a, I just, you know, if someone's hurt me, they don't need to be my best friend ever, you know, but they also don't need to be my enemy and I don't want to treat them, you know, the way the world treats and writes off people, you know, um, I really want to make sure I'm honoring God with my relationships. Right. And, um, I appreciate that you talked about that just like kind of how hard it is, but to not neglect or overlook the power of the scriptures and applying them and the power they can have in our lives and in our hearts no matter how that relationship plays out like like you said like we might not be best friends that person might not have a front row seat um because we you know that might be what god leads us to but i think it really matters what where our hearts are at in that process more so than how it all necessarily plays out um and um, correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like you address that the opposite of competition is actually cooperation. Um, I'm probably oversimplifying that. I just noticed that theme as I was reading. Um, yeah. And you do seem deeply rooted in scripture just as a person, but in the book you use a lot of that, which I really appreciate. What do you think is God's vision for cooperation? Mm, I think a lot of it uh, I, I got from... Uh, you know, first Corinthians 12, thinking of, of us as a body, <laughs> you know, like yes. it's, you can't neglect the one part and say, I don't really need that. Um, they have a function. Right. Uh, you can't say I'm not needed and take yourself out of the equation because you have a function. We all have to work together to play our part, to be part of building God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think, like you said, we're all looking for a meaningful purpose. Like we, we want to feel like our lives are meaningful, that we're not just an accident or, right. you know, someone's understudy, but that we actually have our own part to play. Mm. And I think that's how we intended it. Um, I think scriptures like that make it very clear. And even uh, just when Jesus, Jesus's prayer for us is that we'd be unified just as he was unified with God, that mm-hmm. we would be unified with each other. And that's how we're going to show God in this right. world. Right. Um, which again is so countercultural to to where this world is heading right now with the loneliness and with yeah. being disconnected and let me just figure this out on my own and I don't need people mm-hmm. and um, it's so countercultural to need other people it feels it's so countercultural that it feels wrong to be vulnerable and to need other people right. it's like oh that's not okay yeah and, it's so far from what God says. He says we, we were designed to fill in the mm-hmm. gaps for each other. We're designed to, uh, for, for our comfort to overflow when somebody else needs comfort and vice yeah. versa. Um, we just need each other. The Bible has so much language around needing each other, needing him, being one with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that, that's what Jesus says being, I want them to be one just as you and I are one. Right. And um, so I, I, I just feel like every, everything in the Bible points to that. And that's as it should be. It should mm-hmm. be contrary to what the world says. It mm-hmm. should, should contradict um, this whole society of fear of scarcity and build myself up by my bootstraps yep. and, you know, um, manufacture some self-confidence. So I look like I know what I'm doing, but really I'm like <laughs> browning inside, but I don't want anybody to yes. know. Because it's yes. such a trap and it's just, it's not what God wants for us. It's not living free. It's uh-huh. not living free. It's not living up to the magnitude of God's grace. As totally. I, like to say. I just feel like there's so much more there that we don't get to experience when we're so consumed with how much we lack yes. and how much people around us have and what they're doing with their lives right. and how important they are. You know, like we, it holds us back so much and it keeps us from living up to our full potential mm-hmm. and who God wants us to be. Mm-hmm. So I cannot say it enough. I'm like, let's deal with these issues. Let's get our insecurities out of the way so we can we can live fully um, the way that God intended us to. Oh, totally. And I mean, as women, we need each other. Like 100%. I have no qualms saying that. Like, like we need God for his promise. But I'm like, I I feel like, not in a down, like I'm not trying to degrade myself, but I feel like a lot of who I am is just because of the women around me. I feel like the support, the um, the love, the community, but even their strengths, their resource sharing that we have, like as women, like I am so 
grateful. And that's part of why I wanted to even start this podcast because I feel like even geographically where I'm at, I just have so many amazing female friends in my life, mentors, but just, I don't know, just great people um, that, you know, maybe not that they they're still here in the same way they were a couple years ago, you know, there's seasons for this stuff, but I'm just so grateful. And I feel like I absolutely need these relationships and it's such a worthy, such a worthy, um, task to make sure that I am bringing my best, most spiritual self to show up in these spaces. You know, um, your last chapter is titled embrace the ongoing process. Um, Mm -hmm. are there any practicals that we can focus on to posture ourselves in a way that honors God as we move forward in our interpersonal relationships with one another? Yeah, I I felt like I had to end with that because I was like, it's not like this book is going to fix you. <laughs> what? It, it, it didn't fix what? me. I wrote it, it didn't fix me. <laughs> like I'm even in this, this season now of the book is launched and I'm still like, you know, oh, that person's book sold so many copies and this person's oh, a bestseller and I'm yeah. not a bad, they already have another book coming and I'm like, yeah. oh gosh, I'm still lost. Like I can still get <laughs> so stuck in it. And uh, I, I think that's, that's why it's really important that this is a resource. It's not just read the book and be done with it and you're all yeah. fixed. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to use this and I'm going to be able to go back to it and go back yeah. to these scriptures and go back to these questions and go back to the work that I did to be able to keep going. Um, and there's, I mean, again, like, I feel like you start with the big picture, right? You need to start by working things out with God. Uh, Mm. you need to bring him your heartaches. You need to bring him your questions. Yeah. Uh, and you need to find answers in the scriptures and, and pray and surrender. And that's not like an easy, like snap, fix it kind of process. (laughs) That's an ongoing, like daily, sometimes minute by minute process of like, God, I'm feeling insecure about this book. I'm feeling insecure about where it's going and what's happening. I'm going to keep handing it to you. Um, I'm going to keep trusting you're going to do what you said you were going to do. I'm going to keep remembering what you've already done to make this happen Mm -hmm. and just slowly building up the positive thinking because um, there's so much to that even uh just how the more we let ourselves think negatively the more our brains kind of adapt to that and then we just go to those thoughts naturally but it the opposite is true too uh, the more we fill our minds up with truth the more we fill our minds up with scripture and um we have this this attack plan and this process of working things out with god the stronger and more resilient our minds become too but that's a whole different book and podcast for another time <laughs> but um it's it's really it it takes work it doesn't take yeah. uh, quick fixes but that that's where we need to start and then yeah. in our relationships again just really cultivating this area of like i'm gonna be vulnerable i'm gonna be the first um i really love that Brene brown says that quite a bit but just being the first being the one that says i'm i'm gonna be the one to admit that i don't have it all together right um that's gonna free people up to be able to say oh me neither like and and you know you have that spark of connection of like wait you too like i but you look like you have it your kids are perfect like Mm -hmm. how how do you do that no my Mm -hmm. kids are not perfect they're throwing fits at home Mm -hmm. you know like the more we we allow for vulnerability the more we let people show up as they really are the more they're going to surprise us and the more connections really have so totally uh, being that person being the first um cultivating a space of like you can be safe with me and you can say things with me Mm -hmm. and let's be real with each other it's Mm -hmm. gonna spread and it's gonna um it'll it'll make an impact it'll um just be an amazing way for people to put aside their masks and put aside you know let me let me put up all my self-defenses around you and I can lay those down and just be real with you so I think that's an important thing I think um boundaries are important things yeah. <laughs> going back to yeah. that as well is knowing what you're going to allow and what you're not going to allow knowing what other people can help you with and you know what you can help other people with and where you have to say no mm-hmm. um, I think it's really important to do that work as well and and stick to those boundaries and change them as needed adapt them um, go back and reinforce them if you have to um, right you know, apologize, like, hey, you know, I said yes, but I can't, like, I, I should have said no, you know, things like that, like, we really, um, we need to have those good boundaries, uh, otherwise, you know, I, I think it just sets us, sets us up for failure in our relationships totally. in a lot of ways, so totally. I think those are some hopefully practical ways, I know they're, they're big picture, and they're not quick fixes, but those are some practical things that we can pursue. Oh, totally, and those are 
those are very clear. Like even as I'm entering whatever conversations today, I have a few different appointments with some women. It's like, I think those are things I can hold on to and like kind of think through, like going into that, that that's what I would like to posture myself in that time. And uh, hopefully as we do that, we give the women around us permission to do the same, you know, Um, and just build that trust, you know, and that, that understanding with one another. And I just feel like, wow, wouldn't it be amazing, you know, if we all did all of those things in our <laughs> relationships? No, we're never, I mean, we'll never Woo! get to a place where we're perfect. Yeah, it, we'll wait. Oh yeah, goodness, we're going to we're gonna have a nice little potluck and have one day. That's going to be great. Um, <laughs> right. So, we'll be able to laugh about it yes. Yeah, and be like, we were so ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so what is your hope for the women that are listening today or the women that get a hold of your book? What's your hope for us? Mm, I... I really just want to see us get out of our own way when it comes Mm. to living fully in the purpose that God has Mm. for us and being able to have real lasting connected relationships. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're not going to have those with everybody. We're not always going to get along with everybody, but I just, I think there are so many things that we can get out of the way and still be able to be one and be united and do the work that God has for us to do in this world. Um, still represent him well, even if we don't agree on every single thing, um, or even if we hurt each other and have to come back and apologize. Uh, gosh, I just, I feel like hopefully this book will give you some resources where you can just get those insecurities out of the way, get the fears out of the way so you can show up fully and be able to do what God has for you to do. I love that. I love that. I want that too. (laughs) (laughs) I still want that. It's ongoing. There's ongoing process. (laughs) There's just, you're right. It's a process, but there is so much hope in the process. And there's so many things we can grab on and see and cultivate in that process, which are great. Cause that keeps me going. Right. When I notice some like, oh wow, I'm handling this differently or this really, you know, just that we don't have to do life alone is such a gift. You know what I mean? Like relationships are such a gift and it's so worth stewarding well. And our hearts are just worth that too, you know? And I, I love, I just love your insights. I love that you keep going back to the same things. You know, like you said, it's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. (laughs) Right. I had someone say that. They were like, I'm reading this and it's not like it's new. And I'm like, no, it's not like it's, it's simple and it's straightforward, but yeah. it's, it's stuff that we forget in the day to day. Yeah. And, and I just, I think easier so- too. society really can say a lot and we start listening to that a little more than we yeah. should. So I think yeah. it's good to keep going back. Even if you're saying, you know, like reminding us, it's like, no, this is the truth. And this is what I need to go back to. Um, so I'm, I know nobody can see this cause I don't record my zoom interviews cause I look like a gremlin right now, but, um, their book is so beautiful. <laughs> it's very pretty. There's rose gold in it. There's I just, I, I love that there's rose gold. That's that's they my heart song. Do that and I'm like, absolutely, yes, you can. I'm a millennial. Like, put rose gold on it. Absolutely. Yeah. You're <laughs> like, do rose gold anywhere you want. That's always well, the Robert answer. Can do rose gold, if you'd like to go that route. <laughs> it's just like this, like beaming, like <laughs> so, so I, shiny. You can't even look at it. <laughs> I want people to get a hold of it. Where can people buy your book? Oh gosh, all the places, all the places. Um, Amazon, Barnes Noble, uh, christianbook.com. I mm-hmm. think uh, at least currently that's where it's at its lowest price, but Oh wow, okay. Uh, yeah, it's and it's I'm I'm hoping I mean absolutely buy the Kindle version or or whatever version mm-hmm. you prefer. I'm hoping people get the the actual copy of the book yeah. and just make a mess of it. Like yeah. highlight, underline, um it's there are journaling pages, there's guided questions, mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. just fill that thing up so you can keep going back to it as a resource. And, uh, and the cool thing too, is <laughs> it's funny. I hate promoting this aspect of it because I don't like to watch videos of myself, but there's actually <laughs> videos that go with the book. <laughs> I love them. Your QR codes. I love them. My QR code and you take the picture and you get all the, all access to all the fun stuff, some extra stories you might not have heard, you know, all kinds of yeah. things. So, um, and any, I, I love it because any way that you learn, you'll be able to learn hopefully from this book. If you're yeah. like more of a visual person you got that going on you got the book you got questions all kinds of things 
And um, people could do this in community, right? Like you could do it with a a group of women and go through it. I think that's awesome. There are many groups doing it right now. And it's so encouraging. I got a picture from the group in Vancouver, Canada. They're doing it right now. Um, There's another group in Ontario. (laughs) There's uh, Virginia Beach all over. Um, This is well suited to be a group study. So if you're looking for something to do. This is, this is a good way to go. I love it. I love it. Um, well, thank you so much. We will put links um, for that in the show notes if you guys want to hop on and impulse buy it right now. Um, I think it's great, and I think you're great. So thank you so much, Jen, for your time, your insights, and your book. I'm really grateful. Thank you. Thanks, Mallory. Of course. Um, and everybody who listened, thank you for your time today. We hope you always feel some sisterhood, some solidarity, and some support when you listen. I uh, just want to wrap up with a scripture, Romans 5, 3 through 5, uh, the Passion Version, of course, because it's my jam. It says, even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character, and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So that's my hope for you as just to experience the endless perfect love of God in your heart today and always. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time on Woven in Truth. Mm-hmm.